Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And today you're joining us for our recap and discussion of book three of the Dark Elf trilogy, Sojourn by R.A. Salvatore. This book was all over the place. All <laughs> over was, the place. Ooh, wow. This <laughs> it was book good. Is, I liked it more than a, Exile. It's a wackadoo book. I liked it a lot more than Exile. I felt like... Yeah, why? Yeah, because I felt like Dritz moves into a few more interesting areas of thought more often than in Exile. <laughs> Exile was a cool learning experience for him, but it wasn't enough of one where I felt like really attached to him but now right. it's like i've seen i'm seeing dritz see a lot more things so I'm a, i was a lot more attached to him and he loses I mean, a lot of his naivete 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 what's naivete oh man i was i thought i was like i think i nailed that i think i nailed no, that no, close close <laughs> naivete i think no, so. i still sound like a poser when i'm saying it okay. Loses a lot of his, his innocence <laughs> yeah um i i didn't think that this was the book i was gonna read like i don't know what it was but i Salvatore seems to not really care about the consistency. <laughs> or not, no. not, it's not a, yeah, I think consistency is a good word. I mean, he's well, this consistently isn't like the third exciting. Book of a series. It's like the first book of a transition, kind of. It yeah, doesn't like wrap I, up the story of the last two. It's like totally new stuff. Yeah, the, that's why I, uh, in the last episode for Exile, I said that the first two in Dark Elf feel kind of like a duology almost. And then you've mm-hmm. got this book, which, you know, Driss, you know, he sees this household of i thought that the household of people was going to be like throughout the whole book and it was just going to be driss in this situation and then right. like the the events that that happened with this family that he meets initially and like the goblins and stuff and like the You're like the it, thistle like, downs for 400 pages <laughs> yeah that's what i thought it was going to be and it was like oh, nope no. thistle downs for 80 pages and then we've also got demi goblin god things or like whatever the hell they're called Knowles. Uh, yeah, but then like the things controlling them. Uh, oh like, right, like there's the, a bar a barguest well. The, the yeah, the barguest, and I was like, okay, so it's like the thistle downs and the barguest, like that's what this book is going to be about. And then it's like a hundred pages or something, and like everyone's dead, and it's yeah. like wait, and what? Kills them all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and mopes away, feeling sorry. Seriously, for and it's like okay, scimitars what's... dripping in blood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're definitely going to go through a lot more of this. Um, well, maybe not that much more of it because I can't see why this would be more than like a forty-minute episode. But I feel like this was the book I had the most so fun with. Salvatore. And like so Sojourn was the most fun. Homeland was the most interesting, in my yeah. opinion. Like Homeland was the it's the best book of the three. Uh Exile was the weirdest. Exile's yeah. really weird. And this book, it's like he's all over the place, but he's kind of like there's a purpose behind it. Like yeah. Drist is it's transitioning, Drist is trying to find a new home, new friends, and overcome some mental stuff. And in the second one, he's just kind of like uh i'm ho hi ho we're in the underdark we go and you're just like what are you doing and he's like i don't know <laughs> yeah and then i mean and that could have been i would have been fine with all that and then he like gets to the squid people and i was just like this is getting <laughs> fucking crazy this is getting so ridiculous elephants, yeah yeah but um yeah let's go right into the recap and we can kind of start discussing some stuff more specifically but yeah this was a this was a fun book i'm looking forward to your recap good i'm glad you liked it <clears throat> dritz Duerden. 40-year-old renegade drow, just beginning adulthood in the eyes of the long-living elves, has forsaken the ways of his evil people to live a better life on the surface of Faerun. Though the sun causes his underdark-tuned eyes great pain, he forces himself to greet the dawn each morning to acclimate himself to his new home, both an exercise to reduce the pain it causes his eyes and as a symbol of hope 
change and denial of the drow blood and evil ways of his kin that runs in his veins, a ritual he will continue for the rest of his days. Alongside him sits his faithful companion, the astral panther, Gwenwavar. After a skunk-caused disaster one day, Dritzt decides to set off from the mountains in search of a new home. He encounters a group of evil gnolls. Knowing the dark inclination of the drow people, they invite him to be their ally. Being naive to the ways of the world and desperate for acceptance and friendship, Dritzt only learns of their evil ways after hearing them outline a plan to raid a local farm and kill and enslave the humans living there. With the aid of Gwenhuvar, he slays the band, though he continues to second-guess himself and feels remorse, not knowing which creatures are good and bad or deserving of his protection. He decides to cull his ignorance with knowledge and begins by studying the gnoll's intended victims to discover their nature. He watches the human Thistledown family living on their secluded farm in the village of Moldabar, and finally comes to the conclusion these humans are goodly folk. Knowledge which eases his guilty conscience. Knowing the mountains to be crawling with evil, such as the gnolls, he takes it upon himself to become their secret guardian. He is discovered one day by the family's youngest son, Liam. His need for friendship and connection overcoming his sense to stay in the shadows, Dritzt tries unsuccessfully to communicate and befriend the boy, who runs away sharing stories of the Drizzt living in the mountains. The boy is at first not believed by his family, but is validated when the boy sets off with a sibling to verify his tale. The eldest boy, Connor Thistledown, has some knowledge of other races and recognizes Dritzt as being a dark elf. A meeting is held in the village, who decide to hire a bounty hunter and trapper known as Roddy McGristle to hunt Dritzt down. In the ensuing hunt, Dritzt is forced to kill one of McGristle's dogs and maims McGristle in the process. A troublesome and meddling quickling sprite leads Dritzt to being detected and earning the hatred of McGristle, who now seeks vengeance for himself and his dog. Tifanus the sprite is an ally to a fearsome Barghest whelp known as Olgulu. After realizing Dritzt and his panther were the cause of his missing soldiers, none other than the Knoll band Dritzt had killed, Olgulu decides to enact vengeance upon Dritzt and use the evil dark elf Dritzt to cover his nefarious activities in the region. By taking the form of a drow, he massacres the Thistledown family, leaving behind Dritzt's stolen scimitar, framing him for the act. When Dritzt learns of the tragedy, he vows to enact his own vengeance, drowning in guilt and grief that he unknowingly brought the Barghest down upon the family. Meanwhile, Mayor Benson Delmo sends word to Sundabar of a drow in the vicinity of their home, and requests aid in the matter. Dove Falconhand, a goodly ranger and chosen of Mistra, answers the call. When her party reaches Maldabar, she is informed that the same drow has committed an atrocity at the Thistledown farm. Though she is a true ranger, and after studying the evidence at the grisly scene of the farm, she soon begins to suspect the truth. Dritzt, meanwhile, finds the lair of Ulgulu. He slays Ulgulu's brother, Kemfana, and with the help of Gwynhuvar, kills Ulgulu. His luck has not returned yet, however, as he is soon pursued by another of Ulgulu's allies, a hill giant named Lagerbottoms, and he is offered a similar alliance that the gnolls offered him. Dritzt flees the area, with Lady Falconhand's party close on his heels. 
Grits later seizes an opportunity to help his pursuers during a stone giant ambush, and Dove's party provide healing aid to Dritzt after noticing his severe wounds. Through his actions in saving them and their previous suspicions, they are able to confirm that Dritzt is innocent of the killings and not at all like the others of his kin, and they let him go. Roddy McGristle, however, is not so keen on letting a 2,000 gold bounty slip through his hands and continues the hunt. Dritzt then settles in Dead Orc Pass, surviving on a diet of fish and taking shelter in one of the many caves. He feels thoroughly dejected and sinks even further into depression, loneliness, and self-pity. Fortunately, an elven archer from Dove's party keeps a silent yet watchful eye over him and provides supplies that help him through the harsh winter, without Dritzt ever learning of his aid. Dritzt ends up befriending a bear named Bluster, placating him with daily meals of fish during his long hibernation. When spring returns to the land, Dritzt explores the other side of the river and runs afoul of the Orc King Grawl. With the aid of Montolio de Brucci, the blind ranger of Mieliki, he defeats the Orcs, Wargs, and Stone Giants sent to kill him. He is taken under Montolio or Mushy's wing. During his time in Mushy's Grove, he is taught the common surface tongue and the ways of the ranger and of Mieliki, goddess of the forest. It is here that Dritzt begins to finally find solace and heal from his dark past. Mushy helps Dritzt come to terms with his self-imposed guilt over the deaths of the Thistledowns and others. Roddy McGristle tracks Dritzt to Mushy's grove, but Mushy lies to protect him and sends him off on a false trail. In a cruel twist of fate, however, Tifanis the Sprite returns and informs Roddy of Mushy's deception and Dritzt's whereabouts. Filled with rage, Roddy makes a pact with the Orc King Grawl, and the Battle of Mushy's Grove is underway. Mushy, Dritzt, and Gwynhovar defeat the Orc attack. Kelendil and a group of his elven cousins give aid during the battle. And afterwards, Kelendil captures Roddy McGristle and begins the journey to Sundabar to have him tried for his crimes. Tifanis helps McGristle to escape, and McGristle strangles the elf and buries him. Tifanis, fearing another disastrous encounter with the drow, deceives his new master by saying he was slain by a warg during the battle. Soon after, Dritzt finds Mushi dead, leaving Dritzt to fulfill an earlier promise he made to leave and never return to the grove. Journeying through the land of the north, he is turned away and chased by the dwarves of Citadel Adbar. He finds the same rejection in other towns that he tries to make his home in. He takes it in stride, as he now has the goddess Mieleki in his heart. Six years later of lonely wandering on Faerun's surface, finds Dritz still wandering from place to place, avoiding the goodly races and the rejection he will no doubt face should he reveal himself. Dritz travels with a group called the Weeping Friars, beggars and religious zealots who believe that the more they suffer, the less pain the world has to endure. Knowing of their favorite route of traveling to Mirabar via the tunnel, Tifanis once again shows his face and traps the party within, leaving them no choice but to face a red dragon nicknamed Hephaestus. Thanks to a clever deception by Dritzt, they manage to escape. Dritzt takes one of the friar's advice and heads to ten towns in Icewind Dale, a harsh borderland full of rogues and misfits, hoping he may finally find acceptance amongst their peoples. Dritzt journeys to Ten Towns in Icewind Dale, where he is rejected by Cassius, the spokesman for Bryn Shander. 
However, Cassius suggests he make home instead on the northern slopes of Kelvin's Cairn, on the borders of Clan Battlehammer, in order to win over the public eye by protecting the settlements. He meets Katie Bree, the adopted daughter of Brunor Battlehammer, on the lower slopes of the Cairn and makes her acquaintance. When he first sees her, he is reminded strongly of Liam Thistledown, as she is around the same age and is captivated by her charm and zest for life. After a fight with a polar worm, Brunor comes into contact with Dritzt for the first time. They nearly come to blows, but Dritzt walks away from the conflict, leaving a furious Brunor to hobble home. Outraged that his daughter has been meeting with a drow, he forces her to give her word that she'll not meet with him again. McGristle has never forgotten his sworn vengeance against Dritzt and turns up at the dwarves' home, seeking him. McGristle tells them all that Dritzt murdered the Thistledowns, but Brunor is having none of it. Dritzt prepares to leave the Ten Towns, not wanting McGristle to hurt anyone around him and be the cause of more death. However, he comes across Katie Bree, who is being held by McGristle. Dritzt bests him in combat, and the fight ends with McGristle unconscious. When he wakes up, he is met by Brunor, who banishes him from Icewind Dale. Dritzt, feeling he is damned to always be an outcast, states he will leave, but having saved Brunor's precious adopted daughter, he has found a place in his heart, and Brunor bids him to stay and watch over Katie Bree. At last, Dritzt hears the words he has been waiting to hear for years. Welcome home. Wow! Man, I know those those it's... those are like some of the most difficult recaps to read because of all the names and all, all the, the names yeah, and lot. like i've read them so many times but i've like read them in my head so many times I'm like oh right. hephaestus that's easy nope i think and it's like just Hephaest- oh god <laughs> okay so the end of this book was probably my favorite part of the book because we're seeing some familiar faces and stuff um yep man the what a story's kind of coming back together what an awful last enemy to fight in this trilogy this Just, it, uh, McGristle? What? The, yeah. The, 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 like the Keanu Reeves guy. Like, <laughs> it's like, like John Wick. Uh, you killed my dog. Yeah. Like, it's like, really? This guy? Like, like we're ending it, on here. We fought a Barghest whelp who was like some demon thing. Yeah. He's like proving himself in this realm he, like, before he returns. a like, dragon. Yeah. It's like this whole, there's so many cool things that happen. And then at the very end, it's just like, man. Like Rodney McGristle? <laughs> All right. But yeah. This was uh this was cool. Um one other thing that I kind of forgot well, how all over the story the, the place is, sorry. How all over how all over no. the story. <laughs> how the over place. the story the place was. I kind of forgot how all over the place that story was though. Yeah, and like reading the recap, I was like, whoa. Yeah, it is a little bit ridiculous. I mean, so the the stuff with the thistle downs happens and I'm like, okay, yeah. And then we get introduced to this ranger and her dwarf assistant and this other elf and this other guy. And it's like, okay, so this is, these are going to be some, these are going to be like some players in this book. All right, let's see what, what, what happens here. Like, this is pretty cool. And then they come check things out and then they're on Drift's trail for a little bit. And then the elf and they're, they're just like, oh, he's cool. And then they just drift off into obscurity. Like, what why did they have a whole chapter to themselves and i just it was like why take that much time to introduce these characters if you're not going to do anything yeah. with them? and then the characters like, themselves are like yeah we care but we don't and then they kind of leave and then dove falcon hands like but we kind of do so kellendale i guess like watch over him all winter long yeah but then kellendale like... just dies 
And so yeah. it's just like uh, when I read that, I was like, "Really? We're just gonna okay?" And then and then Driss is friends with a bear, and <laughs> like Driss if has I... <laughs> another person like places the blame for another death upon his shoulders. He's like and another oh person. <laughs> and then that battle was that battle was pretty cool. Bushy's Grove uh, was pretty yeah, awesome. The Bushy's Grove was pretty cool. I liked that quite a bit. I think that's my favorite chapter is the Battle of Mushy's Grove. Yeah, I like that the chapter was called the Battle of Mushy's Grove and it's just like, ooh, this is going to be cool. Right. And I wonder if you like how did he come up with the nickname of Mushy? Was he just like it's so lame know. but I'm keeping it? I liked like Mushy. Yeah, Mushy's great. Like the wise old guy in the forest that Driss meets and I'll I'll never get tired of that trope. The guiding wizened figure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, do do you have a favorite of the three of these? Is it kind of like mine? Like, is it kind of? It's the first one for sure. Yeah, yeah. I tended to like the second one more, not not more than the third, but I just love the Underdark. I really love the setting, and I love how like it's just so alien, and around every corner there can be like growing myconid people, and then like for a sure. boiling pit of lava over here, and that whole thing just like really just kind of like pulls at my fantasy loving heartstrings so i just like i really liked both the first and the second one i think i liked the second one more than you liked it but definitely it goes one three two yeah um i mean with exile it's like if you're playing skyrim and you get stuck in black reach you know and you're just like underground (laughs) for so long and you want to leave it's just been a while and i think that it makes sense that salvatore was like okay so we're just gonna the whole time there's no underdark in the third book at all i just felt like this book was very kind of all right so that's done we're gonna hop over here now okay so that's done we're gonna hop over here now it's very like okay the thistle downs and these like demons from this other dimension that's the first act and then the second act is gonna be mushy's grove and all this stuff and the bear and and then seven years yeah and then like time skip and then we got to get him up to 10 towns somehow so he's traveling with some crew whatever are they like wizards or something they're like wise they're, men no they're like, like beggars and then like they're like oh, that, priests they're like or whatever yeah or, who okay, cool. take yeah. as much pain and suffering onto their right, shoulders yeah, thinking less totally. than that which is kind of yeah. like even harsh for him right because they allow him to travel with them because they think he's probably going to cause them more pain like it's pain to travel with him so it's even more like mopey you know <laughs> yeah that was a nice touch actually it's <laughs> yeah. kind of how drist is feeling too so he kind of fits like, right in with yeah, them yeah, yeah. Uh, the dragon part was cool. Dritz kind of outsmarting that dragon by pretending kind of a dumb to be dragon, a black. Though. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought, too. It's just like, really? <laughs> this dragon? Like you and, made it like 10,000 years? Like, and wow. I rarely ever use this word because it just doesn't really matter. But, I mean, it was a little derivative of... Uh, it's a nice way of saying Salvatore just ripped off that scene with Bilbo and the Lonely Mountain talking to Smog. For but, sure. I mean, people can use that. People got to talk to dragons. You yep. know what I mean? Um but yeah, that dragon was definitely just like, hmm, I don't know. Right. And then Driss was like, <laughs> oh, seriously. <laughs> seriously, I'm a black dragon. And the dragon's yeah. just like, okay. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't prove it. No. Were you overall happy with how it ended? Do you think that it could have been better? Do you think it should have been reduced to two books? Like, I know you have a lot of, like, I really love your insights, actually. There's a few times that you kind of, Brilliantly, in my opinion, you're like, these two characters should have been the same. And I'm like, oh, wow, that would have aided the story. Do you have any nuggets like that for this book series? No, not really. I mean, like, I can see everything does kind of flow into the other thing, you know, loosely. Okay. But it does, like, you know, so you got, like, the Thistledowns, like, all that stuff. And then you've got Magruder or whatever 
the guy's Rodney McGristle. Rodney McGristle kind of on his tail the whole time, and McGristle teams up with this like Goblin King guy or general or whatever, and that kind of bleeds into all of it. It's not terrible or anything. It just it felt very like jumping around kind of yeah and um, almost a little forced sometimes I, I, it, it did feel definitely like okay we got to get dritz stuff to 10 towns and i think that it would have been a little bit more cohesive of a book if he had kind of always like if at the beginning of the book he was like like someone had told him about 10 towns and was like okay so this place might be the best spot for you you know and then the whole book was kind of like this focused kind of journey there that where where stuff had been happening along the way that was getting in front of him as he was trying to make his way there that would have been a little cooler i think instead of him to it just felt very like listless like he was just wandering around until someone told him he was it was cool for him to stay there that's kind of like my gripe with it and then seeing brunor and caterbury at the end is really cool i like that and that's what i was hoping for i was i was hoping that it wouldn't get to him like seeing 10 towns and then that be the end of it i'm glad that we had that whole thing i just wish that like the last kind of showdown just felt like it had a little more gravity to it. It was so you know? weak. Yeah. And I feel what you were saying earlier about Dove Falcon Hand. She's kind of being forced into the story. And looking back, I was like, yeah, she definitely is kind of. And like, she seemed it, really cool. Kind of, like, yeah. The, and she sorry is, to interrupt and, you, but like the, no, way no, you're that, good. the way that Salvatore presented her and her relationship with that dwarf, that was cool. I, I was excited to have them be in, like more in the book and then have them both interact with Dritz and then have all of them have to do something together. And it's like, it was flirting with that, but it never really was that. And so it just felt like, why did we get this strong of an introduction for these kids? Did they come back at some point? Yeah, and this okay, is what cool. I wanted to tell you is it's like, I think that it's Salvatore. I don't quite know at this point of his like releases what he had written or what, but he like definitely knew that like uh, Dove Falconhand's sister is Lady Illustrial of Sil- of um, Silvery Moon, which is one of the like we accept all people places, and they're like really awesome. Uh, and Dritz in the later books develops like a relationship with oh. Illustrial and um. His sis- her sister is really not that big into it, but she comes and goes. And like all of those characters are kind of they're like big characters in the later books. So I think that's Salvatore trying to like weave those in and have people be like, oh, cool. Lady Illustrial's sister like helped him when he needed it and having it like all tied together. But it did feel a little forced, in my opinion. Like, of course, that's who they call Like, I don't know. Well, no, now it makes a little bit more sense knowing that at some point I thought it were just who cares like right characters. who's dove falcon yeah. hand yeah, yeah it was exactly. an awesome name <laughs> it's a pretty cool name for sure you can just tell if you're gonna be a good guy or a bad guy or like your level of power is directly to related to how cool your name is like rodney mcgristle low power not a Thistle cool downs no yeah, yeah like... except for uh the what was the giant's name again like ladder backs oh, or something uh, uh logger bottoms logger bottoms <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is like beer butt i know right? i love <laughs> yeah I love how Triss is just like, oh, man, I don't want to have to kill this fucking giant. <laughs> he kills the giant. <laughs> oh, and that little ploy he has for that sprite thing. Yeah, the quickling uh, sprite. There. Where he like runs up the mountain and then like sticks out that big sheet of metal or whatever from that. Oh, was it a <laughs> plow like, or something? Bongs. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about that. That's pretty good. Yeah, that, that was is good. very satisfying. Yeah. yeah, I like that. It's uh, it's cool to see Dritz kind of. It's nice that he doesn't always just like slash at things with his scimitars. And I think that, yeah. like Salvatore has a really good mind for 
knowing that like the raider doesn't we can't just have Driz just spinning around and slicing people up right and, skittering everywhere yeah i mean i'm doing down double for thrust low maybe like an 80 20 kind of yeah thing, you know well and he was also so many points especially during these last two books very close to having Dritz be in like depression mopeland and you like not really wanting to be with him anymore because he's just like so sad like for good reason but you know you don't want your protagonist to always be like man another family got killed because of me <laughs> well it's interesting um i don't know if you share this opinion but i think that Dritz his, his diary entry kind of things those first person little entries before uh-huh. each part of the book or each section of the books I think those are way better than the dialogue that Dritzt has and like the, even like some of the um, the inner monologue that's in the rest of the story. I don't know yep. what's up with that. It's just like I, I feel like, like I special... got I feel like I got to know Dritzt more through his journal entries than really any of the actions or com- conversations that he had. I remember as a kid like uh, in, in recent times re- years reading those I've enjoyed them quite a bit, but as a kid I remember hating the Dritz diary. I was like, get back oh, to the really? sword play. Oh, yeah. 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 Those are some of the best parts. Yeah, they really are. It's just so much more of him. Oh man. I just want some free. He tries to befriend like a boy on a farm and <laughs> feels bad about the knolls. Like, man, you're going to be going through bribes, whole like families of knolls later. You won't even bat an eye. It's fine. Yeah. Why did he feel so bad about the knolls? What was up? Because he that? didn't know. But they attacked him, didn't they? No, they offered him a place in his in their troop. Oh, but then they were plotting against, Yeah, to that's kill what the farmers. Was. And he was okay, like, well, yeah, the farmers yeah, yeah. look nice, but I don't actually know that they're nice, so maybe I shouldn't have killed the gnolls. Like, maybe I just killed a bunch of people for no reason again. That's, that's kind of a nice touch, though, because it's like he's going out here with no prejudices or anything, and he's, you know, that's kind of cool. But, I mean, as a general rule the the in in these old D D books like the ugly characters are usually the evil totally ones, and anyone who wants to like <laughs> immediately like ally with a dark elf like eh, probably on the bad team like who do you think is worse in this like early 90s D D fantasy connor like thistledown? connor thistledown or <laughs> ugulu <laughs> ugulu the, the bar guest whelp trying to prove himself so he can return to the demon plane to, like, <laughs> like rain evermore <laughs> these monsters are just like ah, we gotta go down there and just like well my people them. are pretty bad too <laughs> there's gotta be two sides to this right yeah. oh, boy. oh gosh okay so what was your i want to know what was your favorite character besides drift out of all three books in all three yeah mm. and this one two well in this one i like mushi a lot nice. um good answer yeah um i mean dove had potential Dove falcon had uh <laughs> falcon hand had potential but um yeah i'd say mushy in this book and then on the whole i think i like i like zach nefane a lot zach nefane's probably the best character and in, including dritz yeah he's probably and, the most that has like dynamic makes you think matron malice was pretty cool i like brisa a lot brisa was pretty cool um yeah not a big fan of Driss's brother. What's it? it starts with an R. Doesn't matter. Um, Pretty forgettable. Yeah, I don't remember him either. Before this podcast, I was listening to some like just tales of the history of Faerun and specifically Menzo Baranzan. 
Oh, cool. And apparently, which I thought was kind of a cool little like fun fact, if you want to get deep with the lore of Faerun, Dritzt leaving um, the Duerden family kind of high and dry and them subsequently being destroyed after losing uh, favor with Lolth, the Spider Queen, their god. Um, that kind of was the the beginning of a long line string of events. And Dritz certainly wasn't like the only reason for it, but he was kind of like the pebble that started the avalanche of like Mer- Menzo Baranzan's like entering into a thousand plus years of like not doing so great. Interesting. Yeah, they do return about a thousand years later to like full strength. Faerun, about 20 years past the ending of this book, enters a time in its history called the Time of Troubles, which is like a magical wonky time during which like the pantheons and all the gods on all the different like realms start fighting each other. And a lot of them aren't there to answer the call for the magic users. And so like magic is all over the place. Gods die pantheons get rearranged whole systems of magic get like defeated um because some of the magic like priests and stuff their magic is all based upon their gods um so it's like this big gods are just kind of going absent without leave for for all their followers and so you know menzo branzan being so heavily dependent on the spider queen giving them power um and she goes totally awol to go fight in her interdimensionary wars um and that certainly doesn't help things in Menzo Baranzan. And so that kind of is another huge factor that leads to the the some some dark, darker times, <laughs> darker than normal times for Menzo Baranzan. Are there more books on that or is that just like a lore thing? Um, This what I was listening from was told from like a person who was like, I spent some time there and was able to learn the real history of the city. But that happened a thousand years ago. So I don't know what book it was from. Certainly nothing to do with the Dritzt books because the character mentions Dritzt as being like one of the things that kind of began it all, the the declination of Menzo Baranzan. Um, but certainly about some other hero that was written about in Faerun a thousand years past this point. Um, which I found the thing that I found interesting in all of that was a thousand years later, uh, Benir family is still in charge. No way, of really? Benzo Baranzan, <laughs> yeah, and Gromf is still like Archmage of the Sosair or whatever. So I don't know if you know the answer to this, but with Faerun, I mean, there seems to be a certain prejudice against dark elves in the overworld. Apart from the raids that the dark elves seem to do near Menzo Baranzan, is is this kind of like hatred towards dark elves? Is that like a whole Faerun thing? Are the dark elves localized mostly to Menzo Baranzan? Is the does the underdark you know stretch as far as all of Faerun? Do you know any of that stuff? Like, yeah, what's up totally. with all of that? So, uh, let's see. Let's go back way back to like the the bubbling of uh, Faerun's uh, early years, you know, and there was some God that was trapped underneath um, yeah, and, in the yeah, world. And he like did read a little raged around that. and yeah. made a bunch of tunnels, I guess. And that became the Underdark, which expands throughout the entire of Faerun. It's like a planet just Swiss cheesed. There's like the upper outer dark or the upper Underdark, the middle Underdark, and then the lower Underdark. And Menzo Baranzan's in the middle. Okay. Um, and cool. I think there are three or four other drow cities Oh, interesting. And they were driven like a long time ago, or at least their lore was they were driven um, from the uh, surface realms by the fae, by the like normal elves. I don't know if that's true, and thus that they're like ongoing hatred. But yeah, they're like unreliable narrators. 
like yeah yeah propaganda. they just yeah. lie a lot you know and so <laughs> who knows what their actual history is but they're just known as being like on the evil races i mean the whole thing is built around the D structure and the D structure has like an alignment which is like your lawful good your chaotic good your yeah, totally. chaotic bad you know and so every race has like a spectrum that they kind of naturally fall within and some of them are just bad for like no reason <laughs> and Rao is one of them <laughs> it's really cool that salvatore kind of you know started with the idea okay if we if this entire race falls into this part of the alignment chart what would happen if we had one person from that race that wasn't part of that alignment chart if we were going to stick strictly to the conventions of, of Dungeons and Dragons and like this world and Forgotten Realms and everything. Right. Which is pretty like, progressive for 1988, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm wondering is I, do you think that, and it, we kind of touched on this in the, in the first episode we did, but as far as Faerun goes, I mean, do you think that Faerun like, and the dark elves, like, do you think there's any sort of opportunity for, I don't want to say like redemption isn't the right word, <laughs> but some sort of like, truce between them or do you think that turning of the winds or do you think that the dark elves have been compromised so far past the point of any of that because of the god that they choose to serve and you know it seems like there are machinations and kind of like bigger plans set forth by the gods of this realm right like is there a chance for that well it that's an interesting question and it is posed and answered but not in regards but not in relation to the dark elves um the dark elves i think are truly just kind of beyond hope they're right. evil yeah. they're fully under con they've, they've not only are they evil and under the control of the spider queen they like love it <laughs> you know they like take baths and like evil juice and they're like <laughs> killing they're children <laughs> blood, yeah. yeah i almost have trouble with that because of dritz and i think maybe i'm supposed to and like we've known not that many elves, but we've known Zachnafine and Drist. And Zachnafine, like it could be said, and under circumstances and other circumstances, like being raised differently, would probably have been a pretty good guy. So it's yeah, like, and I can't help but think like maybe there's other dark elves that would yeah as well. Um, but I mean, Drist does have like the hunter thing about him, which throws a whole nother wrench in the gears. And I'm sure at some point in the books, people see him do that. Yeah. The surface world they already did in the Sverf Nebli area um definitely uh, though your question doesn't get um kind of expounded or, or um looked into more about dark elves it does about orcs and once we get to like the like book 12 or something there's a books there's books called like the thousand orcs and um, like the two swords or something like that um and there's an orc king that makes some pact with the god and he's basically destructible indestructible and they try to take him out for a long time but he basically just like makes a little country for the orcs oh. and he's like hey we can like read now and we want to actually start trading with you and he kind of like tries to get the orcs in there so he kind of goes down that road um a little bit deeper a lot deeper with the orc race not the um elf race which like you know the is dark dangerous. elves are just like so bad <laughs> yeah like they're the just like always are... like the poison assassins like <laughs> um What's up with the the orcs? Are they are they kind of like looked down on as well? But just not. Oh to yeah, the same they're degree. an evil race. Man, yeah. Uh, I think it might just be a consequence of like the time that I've been reading, right? Where I I keep seeing like kind of like like whenever I see like like unambiguous moral spectrums, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm kind of like, well, really though, and it's like maybe the author really was like, no, Evan. 
they're terrible. They're they're just bad. You know? they're but just I don't want to see it that way. Like I don't. No. I don't it's not. And it's I think not that's the way I look at the world. It's not the way that I look at. Yeah, it's like it's not the kind of literature that I've been really into. Um, you know, with the exception yeah. of some things. I mean, like if you look at like Lord of the Rings, um, you know, the orcs are evil but at the same time and i think that one thing that the rings of power was kind of trying to touch on a little bit which you know they held on to that football for a they second just wanted and, their and ashy land it, but <laughs> well i thought said. it was worth exploring though for sure because i think that that's like one of the really redeeming things about rings of power as a show was it was trying to like um kind of like observe and like really investigate that kind of like spectrum of Look morality at it from the orcs perspective yeah and um, that's one of the things about Lord of the Rings that it's kind of annoying. You know what I mean? It's like the orcs are just awful and love Sauron so right. much and they'll serve him till till death. And it's like, if you, you know, thinking about it in the through the lens of what's going on here, they're kind of victims in this situation because they're being kind of like controlled almost by this mm -hmm. deity, this this ultra powerful god who does not have the best intentions for them doesn't really like like loth doesn't seem to care about the dark elves no That's, she and, loves destruction and pitting yeah. them against each other and sacrificing yeah, so them me i'm looking at this like okay there's got to be some kind of like is there some kind of war that happens or some kind of treaty or like common enemy like if i was writing Faerun books i'd be like okay so what if aliens came and they all had to like unite you know what i mean but then i'd be like well what's wrong with the aliens like why did right. they <laughs> why are what's the aliens... their story i mean yeah. i think that's only an indicator that your heart is in the right spot right is that you're not so quick to readily accept like this race is all bad now just go with that like that's a good thing that you're looking for a way to like prove that statement wrong i'd be worried if you're like well in my experience all people who look like this are terrible i'd Obviously be like ah, not, okay yeah. <laughs> so uh i but say I good on when, you when i guess maybe when you're writing fantasy though it's just like easier you know oh yeah to just be like these guys are bad black yeah. is black <laughs> um or it's like or look at like a, the the infinity saga with marvel it's like you know thanos saying i want to wipe out half of all life in the universe um bad i would say i would <laughs> sure. I, I would say <laughs> this is a bold statement but like maybe not a good call you know no um, not his to make at the very least right but also <laughs> but like he's like thanos is a really cool um antagonist right. because he has purpose he, he has, has purpose and he like his reasons on paper are pretty sound because like he's seeing how overpopulated everything is there's not enough resources to make everybody comfortable and happy and it's Turning like us into, against each other right but it's like that's not it man you it's know not your like, call. that's not it but still as an audience member seeing it from his point of view like it would have been a lot less interesting if thanos was just like i want to kill half the people blah, right. blah, 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 I, you know? like thanos truly believed he was the good guy in that story which made it all the more powerful and I think that Salvatore was really clever here in the first book with having Drist go to a school of sorts and seeing like the propaganda being drilled in to these drow's heads. Um, so it's it's from their perspective, obviously, but they're also not seeing anything else. So it's like you as a reader are seeing things from their perspective. So you can be like, oh, this is part of the reason why they are the way that they are. And it's unfortunate that they don't get another perspective there is no internet for them there is no like 
debates right. or anything they're like told that. like if you see them they're gonna like tell you that it's the opposite but that's when you should like flay their skin off their yeah. bones and laugh in their blood <laughs> like, and then that's what boil they do. their organs yeah. <laughs> yeah and kill their children yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah these are definitely some fairly smart books i mean i feel like the themes in here and like the, the conversations we've been able to get out of them are interesting for sure i think that the presentation is really fun, if a little bit like lopsided and a little clunky sometimes. Like, yeah, um, I think some parts read really slow, and some parts read really quick and nice and well paced and stuff. But then there's also almost too quick sometimes. Maybe, whoa, whoa, whoa. but but there's also just chapters where Driss is just basically standing there like a piece of wood, right? You know, open through a cave. Open and just through a forest just like looking at stuff and telling us what it looks like and just <laughs> yeah and it's fine i like it because it's so different and it's so well it's not really different it's it's there's a lot of spectacle around it and it's very like oh the sferf nebly are doing this thing and they're mining this <laughs> right. stuff and ooh, what's going on over here but yeah i feel like there's just there's a lot of small setups and a lot of even smaller payoffs you know, and so those yeah. stacked up on top of each other just make for like not a not a very good payoff on the whole. Um, right. It's I not think a that, satisfying like ending for three books. I think it's satisfying in the sense that I already know what's going on in the next ones. Right. If I there's no like ring in Mount Mordor moment, you know. No, but if so, I could I definitely understand why people say you should read the the Icewind Dale trilogy first yeah. and then read the Dark Elf trilogy. I think that's definitely the best way to read these because if i had never read icewind dale and then i got to the end of sojourn i would just be like why did you introduce two new characters at the end like what is going right. on right now like this is so like cool just got a home but are you jamming I, this together yeah um but it doesn't feel like that because i've read the other books you know i think that a lot of people would say you shouldn't look too deep into these they're just like fluffy popcorn books Fun but D &D romps. i don't know i don't know though i don't think that i don't think salvatore would have spent as much time as he did writing a thousand pages of a story of a character if he didn't want to say you something know, and you know didn't have some some conversations that could crop out of it you know i'll say it this way i think authors excel at some things and other things they're not so great at like Ari Salvatore is very good at writing one-on-one -on -one combat. Not very good at writing large-scale combat. And to his credit, always you'll notice and when armies clash, he always finds like a cave for the party to be off in. He, he manages to get it down to the, what he's good at, which is that small one-on-one -on -one combat, as opposed to large battle tactics. And I think another thing that he's not very great at, maybe, is kind of letting us in on the like emotional content and the growth of his characters like he i think dritzt is so much more like impactful in his mind because he's thinking dritzt thoughts and he's like having a hard time giving them to us though he does a good job um at the heart chapters where we get dritzt little like journal yeah, entries and work. stuff but yeah. you know i just feel like he thinks like he dritzt is deeper in his mind than he is able to tell us about and if you kind of look into it a little bit you'll find that meaning there I wonder if these books would have been better if they were in first person. Man, I don't know. Or at least not all the Driss books, but just the first three. Um, yeah, like, they know, might have actually. Three. I don't know. Because it's I such think a Salvador personal has an story. Intimate, like relationship with Driss, you know, obviously he does. Driss is a cool character. Yeah. And I, I have a feeling because I'm going to read Legacy of the Drow at some point that that quartet. 
<clears throat> I don't know if I'll get to it this year, but I want you to. should. It's fun. Yeah. I don't know where Drift's character can really go from the end of um, Halfling's Gem. Like, I'm interested to see kind of like what else happens with Dritz and is he just conflicted for the next 30 books? Is that like, no, no, okay, no, cool. not at all. Yeah. I mean, he, he kind of resolves a lot of that. There are things that come up from his past that he's like, damn man again. But like, no, no, he's, I mean, yeah, he has some conflictions for sure, but he grows and he's more just like one like what's around the river bend. Like he becomes more adventuresome Dritz. Like let's oh. go set one foot out the door and go see what's out there. Yeah, Crushing in- life. And not not trying to give too many spoilers away, but even in like Streams of Silver, Brunor is like, I want to go find Mithril Hall. Driss is just like, I'm down. Let's, let's go. Let's get it. You know? yeah. 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 He's kind of like all adventure time. Okay, cool. I'm into that. Yeah. Really which is that. really fun. And, and like, I like a deep character, but I don't like past. a stagnant character. Like I don't yeah. want, I don't want 20 books of Driss. Like, Haunted oh, should I have killed past. that guy? It's like, dude, <laughs> yeah. this is a lot. It's a lot of it. It was already a lot in these three books. Um, but I think that we ended on a cool note i'm pretty excited to read some more salvatore but i think the next kind of classic D style fantasy i'm going to read is probably going to be dragon lance which i have a feeling is not as violent fun. or fun maybe yeah <laughs> these books are just fun they're just yeah, fun that's books. a really great, great word for it. yeah they are really fun um i like a lot of the dialogue is really cool uh, especially the stuff between Dritz and Zachnafane, the scenes in uh, Menzo Baranzan and the, in the Duarden complex when Ma- when Matron Malice is kind of like the focal point of the chapters. I like all those scenes a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I was kind of disappointed when Dove Falconhand came in and like there was that cool conversation between her and the and the dwarf, and like the dwarf is like really uptight and Dove Falconhand's like, "Bah, I'm gonna be all right. Like, don't worry about it." Right. Um, and I like that dynamic a lot. And then it got kind of dropped, and I was just like, "Man, like." Like, but I, I think you said it in, a, in an earlier episode like if a character isn't 100 percent dead they're probably going to come back in some yeah. kind of way and i should have remembered that like that elf that died in this book is probably not going to come back calendill yeah. yeah he's he's dead i can, I can give <laughs> you that, that one. one i'm pretty sure anyway i think that's going to wrap it up for us today folks that was just a nice short episode to round out the dark elf trilogy i'm really glad that i read these books i needed some classic D style fantasy in my life and i certainly got it and once you take a break, definitely hit the next four. Cause like it's the snow globe, like, okay, we've got all the characters established. Let's like go and make some crazy stuff happen. Yeah. These books are nothing if not fun. They're yes. they are so much fun. And I don't know, like I they're they're deeper than I thought they were gonna be. I was definitely wondering a lot about the this drow culture and Drist as a person and kind of the, his what his reception was gonna be going into the surface world. I was surprised at certain points where Salvatore like decided to take the story. I was surprised with uh, a lot of deaths, honestly. Like I yeah. way more people died. <laughs> like as much as I thought they were going to be. Some characters have the plottiest armor of all plottiest armor. Others, man, he'll just wipe them. Yeah. Really? Like they're gone. They're gone forever and I was like, wow, yeah. that that's a that was a pretty key character. Okay. Yeah, yeah, done. he'll right. he'll do it in major ways later too. You'll be like, oh wow, big move, big move, Papa Salvatore. <laughs> but not Drizzt. Not Drizzt, never Drizzt. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Drizzt is fine. Drizzt will be fine. <laughs> All right, well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to Chad and I ramble on about this last book. Uh, I think it's fitting because that last book was pretty rambly. Yeah, uh, for real, <laughs> all over the place. But yeah, thank you so much, everybody. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day, and of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.